Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. I hope everyone is having a wonderful week. Today, we are going to talk about a few different things. We're going to talk about the Oscars and a particular part of a particular speech that I took issue with, and I will tell you why. We are also going to talk about the new way Ford Act, uh, an act or a bill that is in the House of Representatives that is being sponsored by several Democrats, and I'll talk about what that is and my take on it. And then I'm going to give a little bit of clarification or maybe just expound on a, a subject that we talked about on Monday in my interview with Doreen Virtue. If you have not listened to that interview yet, you have to. It has been the response to that interview has been absolutely amazing. As I've said, it is probably the most important interview that I've conducted. It was mind blowing for me, and I know it was for a lot of you as well. So if you haven't listened to it, you need to go listen to it. But I am going to make a point about yoga at the end of this episode that, um, that a lot of you guys asked me to clarify. But we'll start with the Oscars and then we'll get to that later. Before we get into any of it, though, I do want to tell you guys about ExpressVPN. Now, wouldn't it be nice if search engines and social media sites were unbiased platforms that didn't choose a side politically? That would be awesome, but that is not reality. In 2016, the tech elites at Google bragged about donating millions of dollars to Hillary Clinton and these big tech companies that push their political agenda and restrict the free speech rights of conservatives are the very same corporations we're trusting to handle our personal data online. That doesn't sound like a good combination, does it? Uh, I don't want them using my web history, my email metadata, or video searches against me. That's why I use ExpressVPN. I am using it right now, and I love it. Uh, big tech companies can match your internet activity to your identity or location using your public IP address. When I use ExpressVPN, these tech companies cannot see my IP address at all. My identity is masked and anonymized by a secure VPN server. Plus, ExpressVPN has the added benefit of encrypting 100% of your data to keep you safe from hackers and other internet bad guys. Uh, does that sound complicated? Well, it shouldn't sound complicated because it's completely simple. Uh, it just takes a minute. The software just takes a minute to set up on your computer or phone. You'd have one button and you are protected. So if you're like me and you believe that your internet data belongs to you and you alone and not to the tech elites, then use ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Allie. That is expressvpn.com slash Allie, A-L-L-I-E for three months free with a one-year package. Again, just in case you missed it, that's expressvpn.com slash Allie to learn more. All right, let's get into today's episode. So the Oscars happened on Sunday. If you're like me, you didn't know they were happening until they were actually happening. And then you were like, do I really want to subject myself to this misery for uh, however many hours it is? Now, I, I didn't know the Oscars were coming up at some point, but by the time they were happening, I had completely forgotten about it and I kept it that way. I didn't actually sit down and watch the Oscars. Now, I used to like award shows. I used to think it was really exciting to sit around and see who won, if I had seen any of the movies. But one, I don't really watch movies anymore. And so it's not relevant to me. And two, it's become so political, as we've discussed so much over the past few years, that it's just, um, it's painful. It, it, it's very it's very painful to watch. The only redeeming thing that has happened at an award show in recent history is Ricky Gervais. 
um, uh, hosting and calling out and calling out celebrities for their hypocrisy. And that's kind of what we're going to do today. So Joaquin Phoenix, he won an Oscar for his performance as the Joker. That was yet another movie I did not see. Now, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Phoenix is a very good actor. I am a fan of some of his movies. So he is very talented. I am sure, even though I didn't see his movie, I'm sure that this award was well-deserved. But his uh, his speech, his acceptance speech, this is why, his acceptance speech is exactly why we cannot tell the difference between satire and reality anymore because it was so laughable, so extreme that we're just all sitting there scratching our heads saying, huh, so this, this is what you practiced. Like this is what you, this is what you wrote out. So I'm going to play you a 30 seconds of that right now. But for me, I see commonality. I think whether we're talking about gender inequality or racism or queer rights or indigenous rights or animal rights, we're talking about the fight against injustice. We're talking about the fight against the belief that one nation, one people, one race, one gender, or one species has the right to dominate, control, and use and exploit another with impunity. So he goes on to say, this is, this is, my, fav- this is my favorite part of his speech. I think that we've become very disconnected from the natural world. And many of us, what we're guilty of is an egocentric worldview, the belief that we are the center of the universe. Now, Joaquin Phoenix, I would completely disagree with that. But, or I mean, I would completely agree with that. What I disagree with or what I think is odd is how you explain that in the next sentence. Uh, We go into the natural world and we plunder it for its resources. We feel entitled to artificially inseminate a cow. And when she gives birth, we steal her baby even though her cries of anguish are unmistakable. Then we take her milk that's intended for her calf and we put it in our coffee and our cereal. Oh, wow. So he is speaking out against uh, dairy and dairy farming. Now, should we have compassion for animals? Should we have compassion for cows? Should we try as best we can to uh, have a system for dairy farming that is compassionate? Yes, I absolutely think we should. But if you are going to use your Oscars acceptance speech to speak out against people using cow milk in their cereal, there's probably a pretty good chance that you're a little out of touch with what's happening in the rest of the country. Now, if I were to guess, I would assume that Joaquin Phoenix is probably pro-abortion because 99.9% of Hollywood is pro-abortion. He's probably also pro-socialism. Actually, in his little diatribe, he seems like he's a straight-up communist. Uh, Most of the people who talk about the dangers of speciesism, that's something that he talked about and sound the alarms about climate change or dairy farming, are pro-abortion. Now, I don't know about Joaquin Phoenix. Maybe he's a closet pro-lifer, and that would be great to be able to have that common ground if we could discuss his uh, his misunderstandings about dairy farming. Uh, but the question is, outside of even Joaquin Phoenix, all of the people who agree with this speech, I mean, you saw the applause, people saying, yes, Joaquin Phoenix, you are so stunning and brave for using your platform to talk about artificially inseminating dairy cows. Uh, all of these people who are anti-dairy, who are vegan, are also pro-abortion. The question is, uh, why? So why are the people who sound the alarms on climate change 
and are extremists on climate change and fight for animal rights and militant veganism? Why are they also pro-abortion? Why are socialists and communists, all who claim uh, to care about the most vulnerable among us, why are they pro-abortion? And the reason really isn't complicated. The reason uh, is nothing other than human depravity, the depravity and the corruption of their minds. Their minds are blind. Their minds and priorities are backwards. They are exactly backwards. Everything, virtually everything, maybe there's an issue I can't think about, virtually everything people on the left think is backwards from reality. It's just uh, not true. It has no correspondence whatsoever with truth. Uh, How do I know? Because in this particular scenario, you cannot claim to be a voice for the voiceless, as Joaquin Phoenix said, that was a phrase he used, and be for abortion. You cannot claim to care about human flourishing and be a socialist or a communist. Socialism and communism are incongruent with human flourishing. Uh, The only way to hold these beliefs, as so many of these celebrities do, the contradicting beliefs that they are for the rights of the weak and the vulnerable, yet are for things like abortion and socialism, uh, is if your entire mind is corrupted. Um, as 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Now, if you are blinded from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, you are also blinded to the source of truth and your ideas are going to be backwards. Now, that's not to say that people who are atheists or agnostic uh, can't be right about anything, but if your ideology is godless, you are going to get most things wrong. Uh, and if you get anything right, it is only by the common grace of God. That is why the people in Hollywood who are militant vegans, who care so much about animal rights, who say that they care for the weak and the vulnerable and the least of these, that's how they can be pro-big government. That's how they can be pro-socialism, so pro-communism, pro-abortion, um, and abide in that tension and that hypocrisy because their minds are corrupted and backwards, or they're just very misinformed. Now, there are people who are just ignorant. They hear messages. They hear, oh, socialism is compassionate. Abortion is compassionate. Uh, The baby inside the womb just isn't really a human. And so maybe they're just darkened in their understanding, and maybe they just need to be educated. And that is uh, totally possible. But for you to be able to abide in that tension and that hypocrisy and see nothing wrong with it, what George Orwell would call doublethink, you have to, uh, something has to be darkening your mind. Something has to be corrupting your mind. And that is what we all are, of course, apart from Christ, is that our minds are totally depraved. Now, like I was saying earlier, uh, should we be compassionate towards animals? Yes, the Bible says we should be compassionate towards animals. Proverbs talks about if you're a righteous person, you should care even for the life of your beast. But uh, what we see out of these climate change extremists is uh, animal worship is uh, pantheism, believing that there is some kind of divinity in all created things. And it's an exact reflection of Romans 1, which says that the corrupted uh, will elevate the creature to the place of the creator. And these are the same people who are standing up there and saying, look, I am so stunning. I am so brave. I am so courageous that I am going to wag my finger at you about uh drinking dairy milk or, or putting or putting cow's milk in your cereal. These are the people who believe that they have the moral superiority necessary to be able to tell us what to do. 
And the reason why Ricky Gervais, for example, having a speech that went viral, the reason why it was so popular among people who were conservatives, even knowing that Ricky Gervais is an atheist and is not a conservative at all, um, is because he said the things that we are thinking, that we don't hate these people, we don't hate their work, we don't discount their talent, but we just don't think that they have the platform, that they have the rights uh, to self-righteously tell us what is right or wrong, especially when it comes to things like dairy farming. And I mean, it just makes us laugh. And Ricky Gervais also said this on Twitter the night of the Oscars. He said it tends to have the opposite effect, that people who are so privileged, who are so rich, who are so insulated, who are so hypocritical, what they say is so diametrically opposed to what they actually do. Um, It tends to have the opposite effect of what they actually intend. So they want to change people's mind. They want to guilt people into living the way or, th- or thinking the way that they think, voting the same way that they vote. And the people in the middle of the country who are looking at them absolutely steeped in privilege, telling them that if you don't have oat milk or almond milk for breakfast, then you're a terrible person. Um, It just makes us laugh and it makes us realize how out of touch they are. And it makes us want to do the exact opposite of what they are encouraging us to do because we look at their lives, okay? And so we see them talking about, you know, we just need to open the borders or we just need liberal immigration policy and what Donald Trump is doing at the border is so bad. I can't believe we're sending people back who are coming here and claiming asylum, which is not exactly what's happening by the way. And we see, okay, they're in their, not just their gated communities, but also in their gated homes. We see them talking about the evils of gun ownership and we see that they are uh, secured by armed guards. We see them talking about the environment and then they're flying uh, private jets. And so we look at the duplicitousness of their lives and we say, yeah, they're probably not people that I'm going to follow. Like this is probably not going to be the moral arbiter in my life. I mean, if you look at how celebrity influence has actually swayed votes, it doesn't really have that great of a track record. I'm not saying it's never been effective, but especially in recent history, like Taylor Swift, we talked about last week coming out in support of Marsha Blackburn's opponent for the Senate race in Tennessee. That obviously didn't work. Marsha Blackburn is in the Senate. Uh, Beto O'Rourke had all the celebrity support in the world. I mean, he had Beyonce uh, coming out from one of the most influential artists in the world saying, oh, everyone should vote for Beto O'Rourke. Obviously, Donald Trump didn't have celebrity support, but Hillary Clinton did. And that didn't work out for any of those people. I don't know if this has changed over time, if we've become uh, just even more disenchanted uh, with, uh, with celebrities and we just disregard what they say even more than we used to. But I think it's being able to see their outright hypocrisy that what they say in an Oscar speech about caring so much about a dairy cow and what they actually do in their lives is so different and so uh, outside of the realm of of what any of us think about on a day-to-day basis that it's just very unlikely that they are going to be able to change anyone's mind. And so... I just wanted to I just wanted to point that out in case you had forgotten that Hollywood is who they are, that they are individually and personally, for the most part, extremely immoral, like they have uh, made decisions in their own personal lives that most of that make most of us blush. And yet they get all dressed up on a Sunday night and they stand there and they tell us that we are not righteous unless they believe the things uh, unless we believe the things they believe. There was another woman who quoted Karl Marx. She said, uh, workers of the world 
unite. Uh, Karl Marx, of course, as you know, wrote the Communist Manifesto. He is someone that people like Michael Moore and a, a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, in this country really admire. But wherever Marxists, uh, Marxist ideas have been implemented, people have suffered, people have died, governments have failed, corruption has flourished, and we have people uh, going up there and quoting Karl Marx and quoting the Communist Manifesto as if capitalism hasn't served them so extremely well. Like, why do you think we have these award shows in the United States? Why do you think the majority of the entertainment comes out of the United States? Like, it was there one celebrity? I think there may have been one. Uh, but are there multiple celebrities? Could we find two celebrities? that would go up uh, on stage at the Oscars and say, wow, I am so thankful to live in this country. Like, I am so thankful for the privilege of being able to live and work in the United States, this country that has afforded me more opportunities than I ever could have imagined. Are there celebrities who would say, you know, I never thought that I would be able to accomplish my dreams because I was born into poverty, but look what I've been able to do. And wow, thank God that I live in the United States of America where people, millions of people are, are dying to come here, would die to come here. Millions of people risk their lives to come here. Uh, the country that has uh, allowed more human flourishing and more economic prosperity and more liberty, not just in the United States, but throughout the world. Is there one actor that would go up there and acknowledge that they are beneficiaries of American greatness? Like, is there one of them that would go up and say that? Or is it just cool to hate on the country that has afforded you with so much of what you have? I mean, the kind of privilege and wealth and luxury and opportunities that most people in the world can't even fathom. Like, does Joaquin Phoenix realize that the majority of the world, I, I won't say the majority, a huge number of the world, probably the majority, uh, doesn't know what almond milk is, <laughs> like doesn't know any kind of uh, milk that doesn't come from animals, that they eat what they can eat just to be able to survive, that they don't have the luxury of being vegan. Like, does he realize what a privilege it is to be able to go out there and say, you know, oat milk is the only way? That is an extreme privilege that, again, just shows how out of touch with the rest of the world they are. And if they really, really cared, like if they really cared about the least of these, if they really cared about the poor, if they really cared about the things that they said that they care about. So he talked about inequality and injustice, economic inequality. Well, there is nothing stopping him from giving all of his money either to the government, if he thinks that's where it should go to redistribute or redistributing his money, how he sees fit to the people that are living in L.A., uh, there are, LA has the highest number of homeless people out of any city, I believe, in the entire country. So LA, where all of these people are sitting with their millions and millions of dollars, has the largest income gap, but not, I won't say in the world, but definitely in the country. Nothing is stopping any of these people from allowing the homeless to live in, and live in their homes, to give up all their money to the poor so that people can be on an even playing field. But they're not doing that. They're lecturing you, the person who makes $50,000 a year, that you should be willing to do that, that you making uh, you know just enough to get by, to provide for you and the rest of your family, that you should be willing to give up the majority of your income to the government 
it so they can redistribute it. You should be okay with being coerced that way. You should be okay, the person who lives in rural Missouri, giving up your guns. Like You should be okay with letting uh, illegal immigrants in and to take the resources that you need for your family. Like You should be okay with that when all of these millionaires that are sitting in Hollywood would never do any of these things voluntarily and they're not going to give up their insulation. Like You should be willing to give up your health care. Um, it's just great. It's great, isn't it? But at least you and me, at least we can sit here. At least it gives me content. At least it gives me things to talk about. And you and me can laugh about just how painfully out of touch they are and how likely President Trump is to win the election in November. Okay, let us shift towards uh, the New Way Forward Act. So a lot of you guys asked me to talk about this. The reason why this uh, particular act in the House that has not been in the mainstream media at all, the reason why it's getting attention right now, and I'm guessing why a lot of you guys asked me to talk about it, is because Tucker Carlson did an awesome monologue on Fox. Um, I really encourage people to uh, go listen to it. He did a great job, very simply breaking it down. You can just Google it. The video will come up. There's also an article that was adapted from it. But what I would like you to do even more than that is to go read the bill for yourself. So it's uh, HR 5383. Uh, sorry. Uh, it's HR 5383. Uh, you can look it up online. You can type that in. You can just Google it and say, HR 5383, or you can say the New Way Forward Act, and it'll come up and you will be able to read it on congress.gov. So I encourage you to do that. I'm just going to give you an overview, a general overview on what this act does so you can be aware. I will probably do an entire episode on it in the same way that I did an entire episode on the Equality Act. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to the Equality Act, because what you'll hear is people like Taylor Swift saying at the, I don't remember where she said this, MTV Awards, something like this. I think it was last year. She was saying that uh, the Equality Act has to pass because it's basically just human rights for LGBT people. Well, that's, of course, not why it is such a controversial bill. So go back, listen to my episode titled The Equality Act, or you can watch it on YouTube, and I will probably do a similar episode breaking down in detail the New Way Forward Act. But today, I just want to give you an overview to give you an awareness of what it is, and I am not exaggerating anything I say. Everything I say should be checked. I encourage you to check it for yourself in the bill. Uh, so uh, so this is by, so I read it myself, obviously. Representative Garcia from Illinois. It is co-sponsored by uh, other Democrats, including every member of the squad. So AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley. Uh, the goal of this legislation is this. Uh, make it easier for illegal immigrants to come into the country and to stay here illegally. That's it. And they wouldn't even call it illegal immigrants. They call them they do call them aliens in this bill. And so that's the language that I'm going to use. So the goal is to make it easier for anyone in the world to come into the country, no matter how they want to come in and to stay here illegally. Uh, the underlying thought is that residing here as a non-resident or as a non-citizen um, isn't in and of itself enough to be considered a criminal. And in fact, grants you, if you read the bill, more immunity than you would have if you were a citizen. So for example, this is what the bill says. If you are an illegal, undocumented, whatever you want to say, undocumented alien who is gay, who is lesbian, who is transgender, bisexual, or intersex, this is spelled out in the bill, it is almost impossible for you to be able to be detained by authorities. Uh, the government has to prove that it would be really 
really bad, a really bad idea for you to be undetained. Whereas the threshold, if you're just a plain old straight cisgender illegal alien is much lower. Uh, Same is true if you are under 21. This bill considers an illegal alien who is 20 years old vulnerable. So under the age of 21, quote, vulnerable is the language they use and virtually protected from detainment. Just a reminder, just a reminder in this that most gang members, specifically members of MS-13, the gang that rapes tortures and brutally murders young girls typically in immigrant communities uh, are under 21 years old. So in this bill, if you are an 18-year-old member of MS-13, you are here, you are undocumented, you are illegal, uh, you are still considered a vulnerable person and authorities would have to prove that that person is a direct threat to the public to keep them from being detained. And you might be thinking, okay, well, that wouldn't be that hard. Obviously, they're a part of MS-13. It wouldn't be that hard for authorities to prove this person needs to be detained, but not necessarily. Uh, Listen to this line. This is straight from the bill. I'm quoting, the fact that an alien has a prior conviction or a criminal charge pending against the alien may not be the sole factor to justify the continued detention of the alien. And that's not just for the, quote, vulnerable illegal aliens. That is for all illegal immigrants. So if you are here illegally and you have any conviction against you, I don't see any specification. So any conviction against you. So rape, child molestation, sexual assault, whatever it may be, this bill says that that isn't a good enough reason for authorities to detain you. Not that reason alone. Uh, For who this bill uh, qualifies as vulnerable legal aliens, it is even harder to detain them, like I said. So vulnerable people, uh, this bill says, are are people under 20 and over 60, pregnant people. Now, uh, it says pregnant people. Of course, it's pregnant women, but they use that specifically because they believe that any, any gender can get pregnant. Now, I would love for them to tell me why pregnant women are more vulnerable than anyone else if they're just carrying around a clump of cells. They might have to acknowledge that unborn babies are people. Uh, Other vulnerable people identify as I've already listed LGBTQIA um, is a victim or a witness of a crime, has filed a civil rights claim, has a disability, is facing persecution, has limited English language proficiency. That's uh, included in the list of vulnerable people that it is virtually impossible to detain. Um, and they have to, the person without English language proficiency has to be given some kind of help or is suffering trauma. Now, here's what I can agree with. Okay, people under 16, they do need special care. People with severe disabilities do need special care. Pregnant women do need special care. People in domestic violence situations who are trying to get rid of or trying to get away from an abusive boyfriend in the United States. Yes, I agree. They need some kind of special protection. So I'm fine with that. Um, Illegal aliens, of course, are human beings. They are human beings who are made in the image of God. I do not think that they should be subject to uh, worse conditions than Americans are, and I don't think they should be left out in the cold to fend for their lives, but should they be, unless they have a very specific special need, should they be detained? Should they be deported? Absolutely, of course. That's how we remain a sovereign country. That's how we are able to enact our laws. Uh, The bill decriminalizes illegal border crossings, so you can cross the border from anywhere, at any time, in any way, no matter what, and that is not considered a crime. You are all well and good. Now, if you are an alien, 
who came here illegally. An alien, by the way, I just want to say for anyone who's freaking out about that, that is the language that this bill uses. Uh, if you are an alien who was deported, uh, you can reapply to be admitted into the United States. Um, an immigration judge is not allowed if you reapply to reenter the United States, say you're in Guatemala and you are deported for whatever reason. It doesn't matter why you were deported. You could have been deported because you raped someone, whatever it is. Um, no matter why you were deported, you can reapply to get back into the United States. And an immigration judge is not allowed to ignore your case uh, if is not allowed to ignore your case uh, if or really for any reason. They're not allowed to ignore your case. And by the way, if you need to travel from your country to the United States for court proceedings to hear your case, that's going to be paid for by the American taxpayer. Again, that is in the bill. You can go read it. So if someone is in Guatemala who was deported for committing a crime or just because they were here illegally, whatever it is, and they reapply to come back into the United States, the immigration judge has to hear their case. And if they want to fly back to America for their court proceedings, they don't have to pay for it. You and I have to pay for it. This is the citizens of the United States have to pay for it. You and I will be funding the plane transportation for illegal aliens who, for whatever reason, were already deported. That's what this bill does. Uh, just so you know, this makes us not a country. Uh, if you don't have enforceable borders, uh, you are not a nation. If you are not a nation, you don't have sovereignty. That means that you don't have executable laws. Uh, you don't have a means of protecting citizens of your country. For all intents and purposes, you don't even have citizens. Everyone's the same no matter where they come from, no matter how they get here, whether they're documented, undocumented. Of course, they believe that whether you're here illegally or not, you should have a right to vote. You should uh, have a right to health care. And so health care funded by the American taxpayer. They also believe that abortion is healthcare and so paying for all kinds of services for illegal immigrants who couldn't bother to come here legally. Uh, by the way, there are millions of people, uh, hundreds of thousands at least, people who are waited in line to become citizens the right way. So if you want to skip that line, if you don't care about justice, like if you don't care about legality, if you don't care about how things go, if you are not worth or not willing to consider the people who have been waiting patiently and doing this the right way, uh, then that's fine. You can just come on in. Like I know someone, someone who is very close in my life. Uh, she and her husband, they, um, went to university here. They got married. They have kids. They both work really hard and they've been here for 17 years legally. And now they are just now able to get their citizenship this year. And it's their first year that they are going to be able to vote or that she is actually, the wife is going to be able to vote ever because she was 17 when she left uh, her country in Africa. And so she's so excited to be able to exercise her right to vote when they become citizens this year. They have worked so hard. They've paid a lot of money. Uh, that is, you know, some people say that's a huge inhibition that needs to change, how expensive it is to become a citizen. And we can talk about all that. But they have gone through the right, the righteous, the just process to become legal citizens. And all of us, no matter what side of the aisle that we're on, we celebrate that. Like, I'm so excited from the, for them that two people from Africa, they came to America legally in order to uh, find opportunities to be able to provide for themselves and to provide for them family, their families, and they did it in the right way. And I am celebrating, like I am over the moon excited for them. The left believes 
that you don't have to do it that way. And you can cut in front of those people to be able to gain all of the rights, all of the privileges that those people have waited almost two decades and worked for almost two decades to be able to get legally. Uh, you can cut in front of those people. You can undermine that process completely by coming here illegally and obtaining all of the rights and the privileges that these citizens have, whether they were born here or not. Uh, that's not justice. Again, that is social justice. We've talked about so many times social justice is not justice because social justice tries to somehow even out all inequality by making sure that the there is a ceiling on outcomes. So there's a ceiling on achievement. There's a ceiling on success to make sure that everyone um, doesn't just have the same opportunities, but has the same conclusions, has the same outcomes, has the same in their Utopia, which is really a dystopia, has the same amount of wealth, has the same amount of privileges, has the same amount of any kind of success at all. And so they believe that in pushing illegal aliens forward and holding uh, legal immigrants and citizens back, they will somehow even the playing field. This is social justice, and that's not justice. And because it's not justice, because you are undermining a legal process, because you are spitting in the faces of legal immigrants, because you are basically making moot citizenship, that is not honoring to God. Like that is not compassionate. You have to look at the other side of the equation when you're saying, oh, I'm going to be compassionate by letting everyone in who wants who wants to be here no matter what. I'm just going to open up the borders. That's so compassionate. That's so loving. One, that's unbiblical because the Bible speaks of borders and acts. It says that God uh, has created borders and has created uh, countries or the lines, the boundaries of, of countries. He is sovereign over all of that. He has even given people their languages. And so it is not biblical to say that uh, a borderless country, which is an oxymoron, by the way, is more compassionate, but it also just isn't logical. You can't care for the citizens that you have. Only an evil, uh, an evil ruler would open up the borders of its country because the uh, the the goal and the responsibility of a ruler is to care for the citizens that they have. That doesn't mean you have to be cruel to aliens, but it also means that you enforce and you acknowledge the the laws that you have and the sovereignty of your country. So this is another one of those topics that Christians get caught up in by saying, well, maybe it really is more compassionate to just let people in who want to be here. Well, that's just not biblical and it's not just. And because it's not just, uh, God doesn't approve of it. God is a God of justice. God is not a God of confusion. He is a God of peace and he is a God of, he is a God of order. He is a God of laws, by the way. If you look at how uh, God set up Israel, obviously we don't believe in abiding by as Christians all of the laws that were applicable to Israel, but we do believe in uh, the morals under underneath them, like the Ten Commandments, for example. We believe that that's a, a pretty good set of regulations and rules for any country to abide by. Uh, okay, that's all I have time for today. But like I said, you should look into the New Way Forward Act and you should read it for yourself and you should fact check me to make sure that what I'm saying is correct. Like I said, I hopefully will be able to do an entire episode on it sometime soon. Okay, well, I forgot. I got to do one thing. So I want to clarify about yoga. Some of you asked me about the yoga stuff. And I've talked about this before, actually. And I do believe, so I have kind of changed my mind. I used to say, isn't it kind of legalistic to say, I can't do warrior two, but I can do a lunge. And the reason was what Doreen said, anything that has roots in paganism just isn't something that Christians need to be a part of. I agree with that. But 
the other side of that, the the question is that a lot of you have, which I think is a great question, is, okay, well, what about Christmas? What about Easter? They have pagan roots. Should we not have a Christmas tree? Should we not have Easter eggs? And I think that those are all really good questions. I think that, okay, you can try to track with me here. Uh, I think that you can, we can redeem things like Christmas trees. We can redeem things like Easter eggs. We can redeem certain things that might theoretically have uh, pagan roots and we can use them for God's glory. And there might be an argument. There might be an argument that yoga can be redeemed in that way. But yoga is more than that. It's not just the specific moves. It is the entire world of yoga that is intended for something that Christians are not intended for. It is intended for the emptying of the mind, which is unbiblical. The Bible, when the Bible describes meditation, it's meditating on truth, not meditating on nothing, not trying to find some sort of energy or vibration, vibe, or uh, balance or something like that. It is focusing on meditating on God's truth, whereas yoga tries to empty your mind. All of the moves, all of the spirituality, everything that yoga is uh, is about is mystic. It is new age. Now, can you stretch? Of course, like Doreen said, can you exercise? Can you do lunges and things like that? But the intention, all of the movements, the intention behind yoga is to worship the Hindu gods. Do I think that every Christian who does yoga is a pagan whose heart is inclined towards Hinduism? No, I don't. I think there are a lot of people like me who just thought that you were, you know, doing a good exercise and and you weren't convicted about it. And of course, I'm willing to have conversations and debates and and discussions on this. I just don't know if it's the hill for Christians to die on, knowing how intertwined something like yoga is with the new age movement, knowing that yoga means yoked, that you're yoked to the God that yoga is meant to worship and why Jesus and how Jesus tells us to be yoked to him. Uh it seems a little incongruent, doesn't it? It seems a little bit different than the issue of Christmas or the issue of Halloween even. Uh, I know that's controversial, but I did an episode on that. Should Christian, or is it okay for Christians to celebrate Halloween? So you can go back and listen to that. Um, a little bit different than Easter. I, I think, I think it's different than those things because of all that yoga stands for and the entire world of yoga and what it represents. It's not the same thing with Christmas and and Easter. We've basically hijacked the paganism and we've made it Christian. I don't think that's really possible. I don't think that's really possible with yoga. So I just wanted to give, I wanted to give some clarity on that because I do think the devil's advocate position, the other side of that was, uh, was legit. I think it was a perfectly valid question. If you have any more thoughts on that, you can send me you can send me a message on Instagram. Y'all know that I replied to those pretty well. Thanks again for the response, by the way, to Monday's episode. You guys liked it so much and you shared it. I have like thousands of shares on my Instagram. Some of you are like, why do you repost all of these posts of your podcast? Well, because most people really like me to do that, which is why you tag me in it. And if you only knew, I probably post 1% of all of the reposts that I actually get on Instagram. So you are welcome for sparing you on that. Okay, that's all that we have for today. I will be back here on Friday with a wonderful interview. 
another wonderful interview that you are not going to want to miss. So have a great couple days and I will see you then.